gathered together in person. also want to say hello uh, to everybody that's joining us online as well. Well, hey, as we get started today, I just want you to think about a moment. I know you've had these moments in your life, and I've certainly have. You ever have one of those moments where you're just looking around, and you're like, did that just happen? You have those moments. Some of us run into those moments more often. We kind of draw ourselves into those kind of moments. Uh, We kind of meet those kind of moments. But we've all had those moments, haven't we, where we're like, did that just happen? I had one a little bit earlier this year, and uh, somehow when I get together with Rob Carpenter, too, like more of these moments happen. I'm not saying it's him. I'm not saying it's me. It just seems to happen. And uh, we were going down on a, a little trip down to Kentucky. He was picking up a trailer, and I was picking up a mower, and it worked out great because he was like, I'll get the trailer, then we'll go pick up your mower, and it's an easy trip, right? It's like a perfect game plan. We got this. Like, you know, I was like, I don't drive a trailer, but you know how to drive a trailer. And so uh, I, we'll get the mower and we'll be good to go. So we go, we pick up the trailer first, obviously, down in Kentucky. And then uh, there was a statement that was made by the guy that sold the trailer to Rob that I didn't pay a lot of attention to that would become important later. And it was just simply like, hey, the trailer is not the same size as the ball on your truck. It'll be fine. Uh, but just make sure, like, later you go and you get the right size ball but it'll be it'll get you up there you'll be fine i'm like okay no big deal didn't think anything of it right and some of you like i know where this is going this is going to be a problem and uh sure enough we're driving down the highway and uh we go we pick up then no problems we pick up my mower and we pull it up it's a heavy mower it's a big mower and we pull it up onto the back of the trailer good to go okay we're on the highway we're singing you know because i sing on road trips and we're having a good time and we're like nothing you know just none the wiser to the problem that's about to occur now of all places for this problem to occur you can imagine that the brent's bench bridge crossing over into cincinnati is the worst place for something to happen with a trailer and a heavy mower in a truck and so we're coming up onto the bridge you know it's narrow there's nowhere to go if something happens and sure enough we're just bouncing along and ba-boom ba-boom and all of a sudden ba-boom we hit this bump and we just everything breaks loose at that point literally and figuratively we're looking at each other like no no and we see behind us and the trailers whipping back and forth back and forth thankfully because of all the coronavirus shutdown there's not a lot of people out on the road maybe if there had been we would have been in traffic and we wouldn't have had this problem either i don't know not, it doesn't matter because we're both looking in the rearview mirror and back and we're just seeing the trailer whip back and forth hit the side of the bridge slam it back and we're just like watching cars weave in and around it and we're like it's like this nightmare that's just playing out, and, I, and we're, I'm just thinking, this isn't real. This is not actually, this is not, and then I'm like, just let it end. Just let it be over. Just please be over. And finally, somehow, and, and Rob just like is stunned the entire time, and he's almost kind of like just talking me through it. Yep, the trailer's off now. Now, up, oh, it's hitting the, br-. and he's just, it's like he's just speaking out of like stunned, being stunned, and I'm like, I just, I don't even say anything. And then finally, we get off, and it's like, that we get to this little like peninsula area where fifth street goes this way and the highway goes this way and we're like in this small little area truck trailer my heart is racing i'm sure his is too and we just look at each other and we're like did that just happen and it did it just happened and somehow by one little chain on the back of this trailer the trailer stayed attached but i'm like i i we shouldn't be alive and this is this could have been really really bad But I just wonder how many times you've asked that same question this year. Did that just happen? Did that actually 
just happen or you read something on the news and you're like did that just happen did that really just happen you know i think a meme if i there's a lot of memes out there that try to capture 2020 i feel like this one does it for me and if you ask the question what year is it 2020 time travelers like ooh, that's a rough year you know that's that's a tough year and looking back i think we'll look back on 2020 with a little bit of that kind of face like yeah 2020 was a bit like that you know last year in 2019 toward the end of the year we came together and we prayed in this place in this space right here and the heart of the prayer was really just this prayer for renewal they got in this was just kind of the common voice that was being raised up as a body that we were lifting to god to say god would you just renew us would you renew us as a people would you renew your church would you create a sense of renewal in our community and little did we know the route to renewal right little did we know or would we expect all that would come on the back side of that and what exactly that prayer would mean and the truth is that the route to renewal is often a very very bumpy ride and i love the promise in isaiah in isaiah 43 19 it says behold i am doing a new thing now it springs forth do you not perceive it do you not see it i will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert and i believe that god is doing a new thing but notice the route in which through it comes it's through the wilderness and i don't know if any of us had the option if we would choose that route right like isn't there an easier way to get to renewal isn't there an easier way to get to all that god has promised than through the wilderness and if you're like me any chance i get i'm avoiding traffic i'm avoiding any kind of slowdown on the road even if it means and there's all a lot of times we're coming back from lexington and there's 71 and all that ask jess like look on the map to see if there's any traffic coming through cincinnati because i'll go 275 all the way around even if it costs me extra time rather than waiting through traffic and being stuck i just like the path of least resistance and i think in a lot of ways we all gravitate toward the path of least resistance when it comes to life we want that that path and i don't think any of us would have looked at 2020 and drove intentionally toward it like hey just give me 2020 like i i want now knowing what we know with that you know i don't I'm, i don't think i'm going take me in and around all of that but what it's done is it's forced us to deal with some things hasn't it personally individually as a society it's surfaced some things that I believe have held us back for a long time. And the truth is, there's no fast route to renewal. While many of us would prefer an easier route, it's often through the wilderness, just as it says in the, in the scripture here, that a new thing comes about. It's through the wilderness that God makes a way. It's in the desert that the river bursts forth. It's through adversity that real change occurs. It's often through pain that progress comes. And the primary reason is, is often that's what it takes for us to re-anchor ourselves to God. That's what it takes for us to take these good, long, hard looks in the mirror. And God's people all throughout history, they've walked through the wilderness. The Bible is filled with their stories. And the Psalms specifically give a voice to the pain, but they also give us an anchor and a song to the true hope that we have in spite of the pain in the wilderness that we face. And this morning, what I want to do is just, as we close out this anchored series, 
I want to just look at some of the heart cries of David and some of the other psalmists as they just, and really that's what a lot of the psalm is, is it's just trying to make sense of the moment that we're in and just cry out to God in the middle of it. And the truth is one of the healthiest places we can be is where we don't have anything else to do but just to cry out to God in the middle of the things that we face. And I want to lead us through some some heart cries that I think could serve us well as a church, serve us well as individuals in this time uh, of wilderness that many of us face in so many different ways right now. And so let's look at some of those in the scripture. One of the heart cries that we see David specifically mention as he's dealing with some of his own sin and some of the reality of consequences of things that he has done. He, he prays this prayer. He says, search me, God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and then lead me in the way everlasting one of the things i've heard a long time ago that stuck with me is the heart of the problem is the heart of mankind the heart of the problem is the heart of mankind which is why we have to address the heart of the problem we have seen some inexcusable and horrific things happen in recent weeks i don't have to recount them all for you but we have seen deep seeds of racism culminate in a horrific act of evil as george floyd's life was taken from him we've seen anger and vengeance perpetuated as police officers have been targeted attacked and killed we have seen looting chaos destruction we've seen people lash out against one another even in our personal feeds we have seen the seeds of division boil over in our time. And the truth is, I, I, I don't know about you, but I've been tired. I've just felt the weight of so much of it, and I've been tired. I've been exhausted by it. And I think that's part of the processing of all of it as we, as we walk through it. And the truth is that all of these things that I've listed and more are things that grieve my heart. They've occupied my prayers, and I'm sure they have yours as well. And this is not to diminish the problems at hand, only to trace them back to their true root. All that we have seen traces its root back to the same place. It's all sin. It's all fallenness. We've seen the effects of sin and fallenness in its ugliest forms. And I grieve all that has happened. I share the outrage of what's happening around me, in my own city, in my own country, so near to home. But the truth is, I must go further than that. I must grieve the sin that lives within me as well. Prejudice being one of many things that plagues my heart, and I have to dig deep and take a deep soul dive to seek those things out. And we should all be equally outraged with the sin that lives in us. As we look in the mirror and as we pray the same prayer that David prayed, search me, O God. Change will only come when we pray as David prayed, God, search me. And he's saying, me first, God, me first. Search me first. Search me my heart know my heart test me let me know if there's any offensive way in me and i'll just tell you right now that is an uncomfortable prayer to pray and be careful as you pray that prayer what might surface and what you might discover and most of us will not actually go and pray that prayer not honestly but it's an important prayer we all need to pray that prayer because there is deep-seated sin in all of us what this invitation of searching does is it levels the playing field because it reminds us of our humanity. It reminds us of 
our common human struggle. You've heard it said before that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. The cross brings us back to our common uh, ground where we stand and stare upon the cross. We are all just men and women in need of grace. G.K. Chesterton said it so well, and I've shared this before, but it really keys in on this point. When a newspaper posed the question in his time, what's wrong with the world? He just writes a letter back. He says, dear sir or madam, in response to your question, I am. I am. And until all of us look in the mirror, until all of us do a deep soul dive and ask God to search us, change won't come. Change will only come for any of us and all of us when each of us gives God permission to search us. David followed up this invitation uh, for God to search him with a request for God to lead him. Lead me, oh God. Lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me toward life. Lead me toward your future. Lead me toward your desire. That's where I want to go. In Psalm 5, 8, it says, Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. How many of you like, just make it plain to me? I just need it to be spelled out for me. I just need it to be plain for me. I'm a simple kind of a guy. God, I just need your direction. I need you to show me the path. We've been watching this show at our house that Aiden found, and it's, uh, it's like a Bear Grylls. It's like his new show, and I don't even know what the name of the show is, but he's out doing his kind of survival things, and he's teaching these survival skills as he goes through these difficult, navigates through these difficult places. And it's cool because you actually have the remote in your hand, and you can pick the different paths. Like, I'll take option A or option B. And so he puts it on you to decide, like, which way do you go? But what I've noticed is with a lot of these, it's just like, it's like two bad options. I'm like, neither of these options are good. Like, I don't think I would do either of these things. Like, and I wish I could, like, do, give his accent justice, but I'm not even going to try to do that. But he basically just comes in, he, he says, okay, here's what you can do. You can either climb up this wall, rock face right here, continue to climb up this rock face and face a cougar that will maul your face off, or you can rappel down with this old rotting rope. What do you think you're going to do? I'm like... Okay, fall to my death or get eaten by a cougar? Like, what, are these my only options? Like, is there nothing else? And so you pick the one. You're like, okay, let's see how this plays out. And then a lot of times, Aiden and I, we, we pick wrong. And it's like, okay, you're dead. Like, okay, oh, okay, let's try the other one then. You can go back, rewind, and like, let's try this path and see how this one plays out. But you ever feel like you're just caught between two impossible decisions? How many times this year have you thought, okay, what's my next move? Like, what? What new plan do I need to make now in light of this information? And how do I, how do I, it's like this, this game of chess where it feels like there's not a lot of great options. And the truth is, over the course of my life, I've started to realize I should just start skipping the part where I learn the hard way. And instead, just pray this prayer right off the bat. Like, God, I could do it my way, but just lead me. Just make it plain to me. I don't want to go through the hard path again. Would you just show me? the way to everlasting. We had a night of prayer here this past Sunday in light of everything that's going on and all the racial tensions in our country, and we just came together. It's like, what's the best thing to do? Let's, let's pray together. And it was an intimate time. It was just a really heartfelt time and just a good time for us to come together and pray. And the, the heart of the prayer really could be summed up in this prayer that Jesus gave us, which was just kingdom come. 
kingdom come. God, on earth as it is in heaven, we, we just want your kingdom to come. Lead us, as, as, as uh, David prays, lead us to the place everlasting. Lead us where there is harmony between every nation, tribe, and tongue. Lead us to the place where your peace prevails over violence. Lead us to the place where good conquers over evil. Lead us to the place where healing comes in the midst of sickness. Lead us to the place where your glory dwells. God, lead us, God, lead us in the way everlasting. And I think that that needs to be a consistent heart cry for all of us, and really the only heart cry that we can think of in a time when we're navigating a lot of impossible kind of situations, where I don't want it to depend on my own knowledge and insight. I want it to depend on God's knowledge, His insight, His direction. And so the prayer, the cry of David's heart is, lead us, O God. Another heart cry that is rising up is a cry for justice. Now, something to mention here, not all justice is created equal. We must desire God's justice, His righteousness. And as we read in Psalm 43, we hear this cry of David when he says, Vindicate me, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against, my, against un- ungodly people for the deceitful and unjust man. Deliver me. And one of the categories of psalms is imprecatory uh, psalms, where the psalmist is crying out to God for vindication of the enemies. We don't share these a lot of times, right? But there's this heart cry of people who are like, God, just act on my behalf. Would you just bring about justice on my behalf? Now, before you start crying out some of these kind of psalms on your brother for taking the last piece of bacon, or before you start praying down plagues and destruction on that person who stole your parking spot at Kroger, um, let me just say, look, just a note here. The thing to mention here is that these enemies weren't just personal or petty enemies. These were enemies to God. They stood in opposition to what was right and good. They were perpetrators of evil. And so this cry to God was, God, you act on our behalf. Act on our behalf. They were cries for justice for the cause of God. Additionally, they were asking God to do the intervening on their behalf. And so when David calls out to God in justice, what he is doing is he's saying, God, would you, I'm taking the justice out of my hand. I'm putting it back into your hands. God, would you carry out justice on my behalf? I trust in you, and I will not be shaken. I trust in you. Now, that doesn't mean that we just take a back seat in the quest for justice, but it means that God leads out on that, and we follow him in his leading. You know, the biggest difference between worldly justice and biblical justice is the world takes it into its own hands. And we have this tendency, don't we? Like, I'm going to get even. I'm going to act out in revenge. I'm going to make things right. And the worldliness in us tends to drive us in that direction. But the Bible directs us to place vindication in God's hands. For the psalmist, it is God who both defines and administers justice. So we must be careful that as we fight for the cause of the oppressed, we don't become the offender. That we need to continue to put justice in God's hands. And again, that doesn't mean we play an inactive role. The Bible just tells us, do not repay evil for evil, but instead overcome evil with good. So the way we know we are pursuing justice as God defines it is that we are not perpetuating evil. Rather, we are conquering evil with good. And we were wise to, like David, summon God to carry out justice on our behalf. 
because God is a God who fights for the oppressed. God is the defender of the weak. He is a God of justice, which means we too should desire justice for ourselves and for others as they struggle as well. We should stand with others in their pain. It's empathy. And we see this in the life of Jesus over and over again. But the truth is, it's unnatural for us sometimes, especially when it doesn't hit close enough to home. I heard an illustration that connected with me uh, from an African-American pastor in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, as he was describing uh, showing empathy amidst pain, which we don't fully understand uh, as the white community. But we, we need to try to understand, and his point was, how do we show empathy, um, and how do we understand the, what's being voiced by our brothers and sisters in the black community? And he said it's like when his wife was in labor. He said, I could never know what it was like to be in labor, but I could still sit with her and hold her hand through the pain. And I think that just really resonates with me, and that's why responding to someone crying out black lives matter with all lives matter it just misses the point it's like my wife being at the peak of labor and me saying she's just struggling and me saying you know honey i've had some pain too i've had some bad like you remember when i shattered my ankle like that pain was really really bad it's not important in that moment right and so it would be radically insensitive for me to do that Instead, I just want to encourage us. May we stand with our brothers and sisters in the black community in empathy, support, solidarity, praying and crying out to God for justice, trusting that God's righteousness will have the final word. God, bring vindication for the oppressed. And lastly, our heart cry in the wilderness is one that simply says, save us, O God. Save us, O God. Psalm 69 one, I think, might sum up the story for a lot of us today. The cry is, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. Anybody feel like, man, if that water came up any higher, I'd be underneath it. It's come up to my neck. I mean, what a visual here. Just guessing, but I bet some of you are just tired today. I bet some of you have felt tensions rising under your own roof the last couple months. I bet some of us have just lied awake at night, worried about what tomorrow will bring. Some of us have worried for the safety of our own families. I bet some of us fear for our livelihood right now. I bet some of you are like, if one more thing happens in 2020, it's all crashing in. I'm going under the water if just one more thing happens in 2020. And I bet some of you with good intentions want to see change, but you're just like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. I just, where do I go from here? And I bet there's a handful of you that are just hanging on because of the personal things you're facing on top of it all, hoping that the turbulence of this year will eventually just smooth itself out. I bet there's some of you that doubt that that's even possible at this point. You're not alone. You're not alone, and you were not the first one to feel this way. David knew the weight of it all, and his prayer was simply, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. So when you're in up to your neck, pray that prayer. Call out to God. He is a God who hears your prayer. I think we can all relate, but there's only one power to rescue us. And the advantage of being up to our neck is that we remember our deep need for a rescuer. 
I listened to a message this past week from Pastor Scott Nickel from our former church in Lexington, Kentucky. And I love what he had to say, and I couldn't have said it better, so I just want to read his words here from his message. He says, The great need of this world is not a vaccine. The great need of this world is not new legislation. The great need of this world is not bigger government. The great need of this world is not smaller government. The great need of this world is not the same president. The great need of this world is not a different president. It's not more hashtags or slogans. The great need of this world is for rich, poor, young, old, powerful, unpopular, red, yellow, black, white, to all. All of us bow down and submit our whole lives, leave everything and follow King Jesus. That's the great need of this world. Friends, just like David, we are up to our neck, but there's only one who can save us. We can't save ourselves. We won't save ourselves. Only Jesus can save us. He isn't a hope we place our life on. He is the hope we place our life on. We put our trust in Him, and it's when we put our trust in Him, only then that we can be unshakable. Friends, what we need above all else is a Savior. We need a rescuer. We need to cry out as David did, Save us, O God. We are up to our neck. Because as Acts 4.12 tells us, salvation is found in no one else. There is no under, other name under heaven given to which mankind might be saved. Only by the name of Jesus, only by the power of Jesus. One of the most influential people of our time that has been a hero to me of the faith went home to have to take hold of his inheritance uh, with Jesus. Just recently, Robbie Zacharias has been such an important voice of our time and the world of apologetics and faith and He's never been afraid to speak into the tough issues and come head on with the tough questions. And he's walked me through some of my own challenges and struggles. And there's an incredible story to Ravi's life. At age 17, Ravi attempted suicide and he survived it. And shortly after, he became a Christian. And he became one of the most influential Christian apologists of his time. There's no telling how many people will walk the streets of heaven because of his leadership and ability to point people back to the one name, the name of Jesus. And he says this, once when reflecting back on that moment when he was going to attempt to take his own life, he said, you know, I came to him because I did not know which way to turn. I remained with him because there was no other way I wished to turn. I came to him longing for something I did not have. I remain with him because I have something I will not trade. I came to him as a stranger. I remain with him in the most intimate of friendships. I came to him unsure of the future. I remain with him certain about my destiny. Isn't that true? Isaiah 43 19 behold i am doing a new thing now it springs forth do you not perceive it i will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert through the name of jesus the one way the only name the only power that we can and should put our life on 
And just in a moment here, as the band comes up, we're going to sing out to him, the way maker. And we're just going to ask him, God, would you make a way once more? Because we're up to our neck. And we need you in these moments. Let's pray, and then we will sing out and really declare the promise that's contained in Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It springs forth. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would. We believe that 